Hello, listeners. Slightly different episode this week. It's in the sense that it's not actually our episode. It's an episode we recorded uh, with a new podcast and live stream called Mashed In. Uh, half of the team is Sean Ryan from Kellis Brockett, who has been a previous guest on the show uh, in our really early days. He's now um, almost ready to get his brewery up and running. Uh, he's got space and he's organising a brewery install at the moment. While he's ha- making that happening, he's got his podcast and everything, little podcast studio out there, uh, which they're live streaming over Facebook. You can tune in on, I think, Saturdays. I should remember what time because I was there. Anyway, check out their Facebook, um, facebook.com slash mashed in. Really good chat. Um, the whole chat went for two hours, so I've pulled out an hour that was relevant to, to beer and ale of a time. Uh, it's essentially similar to what we do, but they're longer format um, as I said it's live and they also chat about other things from we talked about Star Trek and uh, ACDC and Iron Maiden Iron Maiden no Judas Priest all sorts of things Uh, had a really good time big thanks to Sean for inviting us out uh, and we wish him so much luck with um, getting Killer Sprocket finally up and running in in a brewery space in other news, uh, Keg Bottle Can is out now in bookshops. You can check that out. Uh, please buy it. Please buy it as a gift. I would love you so much if you did. Um, oh, in the episode that you're about to listen to, we alluded to buyouts happening. One has just happened, uh, Tribe, which owns Stockade. You'd probably know them best as Stockade or, or Brewpack. They've bought out Mornington Peninsula Brewery here in Victoria. Uh That's been in the works for a while, but it might come as a bit of a surprise to a few people because Mornington are, uh, um, uh, they've been a stalwart of the the industry for a while and and I think they've really managed to transition their brand out of one of those um, more older fashioned brands, you know, doing a a couple of darks and a brown and a pale and an IPA into doing some really interesting um, barrel age stuff, uh, some interesting sour stuff and, and of course some interesting New England IPAs. Um, good luck to everyone involved. Uh, it's, it's always interesting when these buyouts happen. Um, yeah, we'll see how this one plays out. I, I don't think it'll play out uh, or change anything in the near future. So I'm sure things will remain the same for lovers of, of Mornington Peninsula. Uh, the other thing I want to give a shout out to is Heavenly Pies and Cakes in Bayswater, right across from the t- train station. I had a bit of time to kill. Uh, they make awesome pies. I st- just stopped in on a whim and had a really good beef and pepper pie. Uh, there's also a really good, or they had a Chipotle chicken pie as a special. Uh, they had all the classics there. I was really impressed. If you're in that area, get yourself a pie. Thanks for listening. Uh, and we'll be back next week with a show as per normal. Cheers. Welcome to Mashed In. I am your host, Sean Ryan, my co-host, Maddie Lick. Hello. And uh, in the studio today, we've got some guests from Ale of a Time. We have Luke and Dave. Howdy. Howdy. This is my other segment. It's buying beer. Mm. It's about who has been bought out in the beer industry. Right. Uh, no one this week, unfortunately. <laughs> there were like two last week. 
Who were the two last week? Harrington's and Booze Bud. Oh yeah, got bought out. Yep. I don't know. Does anyone? Did anyone get bought out this week? Officially, no. Officially, no. Unofficially, mm. oh, there's, there's got to be some talks going on about there, it. it. Has to be. There are rumours. Ah. But I can't. I mean, obviously, I can't say them. Obviously, here. you can't. Yeah. But I don't know. Things are happening. Apparently. Yeah, I think there would. There's there's quite a few people that I would think. Th- th- look, there are companies that would like to buy other companies. Yes. And may or may not have already bought them. Oh, really? That's all I'm saying. Ah. <laughs> Big companies, you know little companies, or <laughs> companies. Merging? I guess business in general. This is this is just how business works, you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess when we find out those companies, then we'll know. Um. So yeah, well, if we go to to what happened last week, the Booze Bud mm-hmm. or Harrington's. I know Harrington's. Harrington's bought out. Didn't seem to raise anybody's – like not even Bruce News had anything to really say about Harrington's getting bought out. Do you guys know much about Harrington's? No, next to nothing. About so Harrington's. they – Were they in da- – I thought they might have been in dance, but they, were they not in dance? Not really present in New Zealand, in Australia at all. Okay. Uh, if I reckon they were six years ago, I reckon. Yeah? They had that, all right, like cool. brief. That's what I would have thought. Yeah. I'm sure I've seen – like I had a look Could at the Could have been when there was sure. – um, do you remember when they had like a collective in New Zealand that would send um, some containers across to Melbourne when it wasn't viable for any one brewery to send okay, a yep. container across? I think okay. they might have been part of that. that. All right. They're, um, they've been around for years, like one yeah. of the sort of old, old hands in the New Zealand world. They've never done anything too crazy. It's just kind of a family-owned brewery um, on a big scale. Like yep. they've just they've got a really good presence in Christchurch and really nowhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I'd go back the and quite recently you can get their Pilsner fifteen dollars a I think well, maybe twenty for fifteen okay. case like a fifteen case of bottles. Yeah, really good value and always really good. Um, so I think people in Christchurch have sort of an affinity for the brand, but I mm. don't think anyone. Is really like oh Harrington's is my beer. Yeah, it's just more. They've been around for a while. They make they make good beer. Um, so it, they do a lot of contract brewing as well. I think I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure after the earthquakes in Christchurch, they took a lot of slack for a lot of breweries and helped them out. Okay, um, oh, that's good. So they've yeah they've been around for. So a while. So that's a bit of a sad thing then. Oh, for like independent brewers that are just trying to get like I, I don't see Lion opening up that brewery and being like yeah let's. let's Bunch of craft brewers come in and do stuff. Yeah, oh, I'm not yeah. sure how much cra- uh, contract they're doing now, but okay. it's a, it was a family-run thing. Um, New Zealand, I guess, had a lot has a lot more of those family and the Coopers mould kind of things, right? Um, when you look at like Emerson's or um, Harrington's, and yeah. you know they've just been around for a while doing their own thing, haven't really engaged in the world of craft, you know, in a crazy extent, but mm-hmm. they're they're doing their own thing in their own way. So okay, it's always a shame to I guess lose them. What do you reckon an Aussie equivalent to that would be? I don't think there's too many. Yeah, I don't no. know either. Um, maybe uh, Grand Ridge, maybe? Yeah, like a Grand okay. no, Grand Ridge? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that sort of Not pushing too hard yep. at the cutting edge of things, but yep. still. Or Red Hill, maybe? Yeah, on a bigger scale. Though. Bigger scale, but sure. that sort of vibe, though, probably, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, almost like a bridge road, even. Oh, okay. Uh, you yep. know, really down the line, really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, what do you reckon about Line and CB? So it seems like Line's really sort of pushing the forefront of buying brands a lot more than like CB sort of or AB and Bev now has just started to kind of get into that. Mm. But they kind of could be. It seems like Line's kind of going for like 
well, we can, we've got this much money. We can either buy one really big one or we can buy like three little ones. Mm. And they're going for the three little ones and AB and Bev is like, let's go for the big ones. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Lion, they've kind of got their mid-tier craft brands, for lack of a better word, like yep. Little Creatures, um, James Squire. They haven't really pushed into some of the, the more esoteric ones. White Rabbit's probably pretty esoteric now, but you know that was always pretty pretty tame. Yeah. Um, whereas AB and Bev now they've kind of got more presence in Australia, mm. and they're looking to buy things. They've gone for Pirate Life, who are right at the cutting edge. Yeah. You know they're the darlings of the scene. So yeah, I think they're more willing to drop a bundle on that that big purchase. Yeah. Um, to sort of you know get that shore up that that international oh sorry that national distribution mm-hmm. um, for that kind of a brand and then get that you know IPA out there. I feel like they haven't done enough with their craft brands. Like I really thought when they started buying things, I was like, okay, this is the death now. This is real. This is going to be really bad because in Victoria, especially, like every second pub is a CUB pub. You know, they've got they've got the biggest footprint. I thought they'd go in and be like, you want craft? Here's you know, here's mm-hmm. Goose Island, Pirate Life, and Four Pines. And then that's it. And like lock every single tap. They haven't seemed to do that. They seem, from what I've seen uh, going into new pubs, which I do frequently, they will tout their craft beer credentials. Yep. And then you'll look and it will be that tap lineup you just described. Goose Island, Pirate Life, Four Pines. I've seen Goose Island a lot of places. Yeah. But I've I've seen like McCracken's more than I've seen Four Pines. I, th- I think they're focusing on new <laughs> new install, installs oh, okay. or refurbs. Anyone right. – because there's a lot of – Pubs that are, you know, old manny that are looking at what, say, Sandhill Road are doing here in Melbourne, which, you know, big pub group, buying up old pubs, refurbing them, yep. making them model, modern. Yep. I think a lot of pubs are seeing that and going, shit, we need to up our game. And that's when those taps will change into the Four Pines and Pirate ah, Life. okay. Uh, yeah, I've been into maybe half a dozen where they'll have those, they'll have one of the Yaks, um, they'll have mm-hmm. Great Northern and they'll have Carlton Draft. And it looks like a great... Tap lineup. If you yeah. don't know, if you don't know those brands, you're like, oh, there's, you know, yeah, six yeah. interesting beers, diverse, yeah. uh, and they've got maybe a Pirate Life IPA in the fridge, and you know, half a dozen Four Pines. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's essentially locking everyone out. The other one I'm seeing popping up is their Bellamy's Cider, okay, which is CUB's attempt. Uh, yeah, I guess attempt at doing Willie Smiths. It looks very much like Willie Smiths, and I oh, think yeah. I don't know if Willie Smiths took action on it, but I know they were unhappy with how the Bellamy cider looked and that's in all of those pubs as well. Okay. Um, so I think they're, yeah, they're really going for that. Not going into the traditional pubs, but when someone refurbs, that's what they're going to get. Do you know the Willie Smith's guys? Uh, no. Yeah. They're really interesting dudes. <laughs> if you ever get a chance to, to have a chat to, to them, it would probably be Sam, I'd reckon, that you'd probably talk to, the younger guy. Yeah. Um, they are very, very interesting dudes. I, every time I'm up in Queensland, because we share a distributor, so uh, in Queensland, I've got um, like the Caliber craft mm. beer. The the portfolio in Caliber is so much fun in Queensland. I love going to Queensland. The events it's us, Hop Nation, Exit, Red Hill. It used to be Feral, obviously they're no longer. But uh, Willie Smith's, um, Slipstream, uh, and. Probably some others that I'm forgetting. It's a good group, though. Yeah, yeah. but it's just it's just so much fun. And they do their block party and stuff. We're all putting our beers on and just hanging out. So I think the other thing, just going back to the CUB line, um, 
conversations. I think Lion are responding to some of their customers by the, uh, our big groups but yep. want to offer more diverse crafts. Yeah. I've got uh, a friend of mine who's pretty heavily involved at Dixon Hospitality who brought up yep. God knows how many pubs, I think mm. 54 or something. And the Hawthorne, last couple didn't of they buy years. Hawthorne? They bought Hawthorne. Yeah. That's a different conversation. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, his, his directive was like we're going with Lion because if we want to push um, – craft as part of our uh, business then they offer a lot more as far as different products yeah. that they can um, put into their, their venues. Yeah, well I, I think that's a way to get a, your foot into um, into Melbourne especially. Like I remember they like 10, 15 years ago they were, tr- they were starting to buy up pubs and stuff and it would be, you know, Tui's and, <laughs> and all that stuff and Forex. And as, and Melbourne's would just would not drink there. Mm. So one of the famous one that I knew was um, the – was it the Canadian? The one in uh, in Carlton. Like the Moosehead Bar or the Canadian or something like uh, that. So that was, a, that was a CUB pub. Then it got sold to Tui's uh, or to Lion and it just – no one – would drink there and then it got switched back to CB and I remember because I was working across the road and when it switched back everyone was like it's a CUB pub again everyone get down to you know to the Canadian do you, do you think anyone does that now do you think it's the same kind of attitude of like oh they've you know they don't they don't have any CUB beers they've only got lion beers or do you think I think case of mature the beer. circles that I'm in I would have no idea. Yeah. Neither problem. do I, yeah. Because, yeah. like, I talk to people about beer and stuff and, like, I'm like, oh, you know, Moondog and, th- and they've got no idea what I'm talking about. I'm like, how do you not know Moondog? <laughs> <laughs> they're huge, you know what I mean? Or I'll talk about different people and stuff and they're like, they just don't, well, you know. For, for Lion Furphy is I was huge. about to say. That's, 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 that's the one that people I was just about to say that the thing that when I talk about craft beer, they go, oh, I had a Furphy. Yeah. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's not. It's not a craft beer. It wasn't even a craft beer, and then got sold, and is no longer a craft beer. It was never. <laughs> that is, that's making them a fortune, though. It is. It's incredible how yeah. much it's making them, and that's the thing. I think it was that kind of underground thing of like it looked kind of like a craft beer, where like they didn't advertise it. Mm. It just suddenly just started appearing on taps, mm. and people were like, "Oh, this must be one of them new beers," and then would start drinking it. It's, I think it'd be, it might be the only one where it's actually not pushed people out of Main Street. Yeah. Like I think the other stuff like Matilda Bay and all the other ones or Yak or whatever the heck they want to call that brand now is it's sort of like been that people would drink it and then it would push them into, oh, well, I've tried this, maybe I'll try something else. It just seemed like Furfy, like they just got to Furfy and stopped. Yep. And then that's it. They just drink Furfy now, mm, mm. you know, and it's not the same thing. What do you reckon? Same. Um, it's hard to say. I don't. I don't understand the rise of Furphy. I don't know how it happened. I, and, neither and do I. I. Like I it's. It's not a terrible beer, but it's. Yeah, not yeah. Bad. I think it's. They've. It's been marketed smartly. I think um, the uh, stubbies and now cans sort of like conjure up that sort of parochial. Looks like an old school like Big V. Yeah. Um, state of origin yeah, jump or yeah. something like that. I think okay. it sort of taps into a bit of that where like I know a lot of people that don't drink craft that like just buy cases and cases and cases of Furphy. The Price point as well. Yeah, of course. Like it's, yeah. I think it's probably even cheaper than Yak. I'm not sure. But if you can get a slab of something with a big V on it that is around that $50 a slab price, then you're not even going to look at Stone and Wood Pacific Ale, which is probably your next step. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you're locked in there on that price suddenly. Mm. 
Uh, yeah. People okay. come in, like I work at the bottle shop sometimes and people come in and they're like, what do you got like Furfy? Like, oh, oh, really? Yeah. I'm like, I don't really know. I don't think I've tried it, but I, I'm guessing something like this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one. So what would you give them? Crush or? Yeah, Kaiju Crush. Um, or Stone of Wood. Stone of Wood. Oh, we didn't stock it. So Kaiju Crush or Moondog Beer Can. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd point them that way and give them a spear. I'd probably push them for Blackman's Lager. Um, I'd say, you know, Blakemans come from the same area, yep. husband and wife team, support the support the small guys um, yeah. and give them a lager and it, it works pretty well. That's one thing that hasn't – it's amazing that that hasn't kind of worked in Australia is the small guy thing mm. of being like with your beer, craft beer is Australian, owned by Australians, worked by Australians, everything. Your two majors are international companies. Mm. It hasn't kind of got that – the, I the, think it does on premise, but the package stuff, yeah, there's a gap there. Yeah, on premise in small towns. I think people if, if you love can get a, going to a, their local brewery. Yeah, yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah, and you talk to like um, Hop Nation's a good example where mm. they've built a pretty good following through the beer geeks, but now in places around Footscray, they're popping up more and more. Um, so the Victoria Hotel, which is an old old school pub, which got yep. redone, a lot of the locals are still going in, and now. I think the Hop Nation Pale is almost outselling Carlton Draft. Wow. Um, and a lot of the old blokes have just switched to that because it's, you know, local, local. local guys yeah. and um, they make a good beer and, you know, the the bar people are kind of pushing it and saying, you know, you should try this one out. It's Footscray. Um, mm. So I think it's something I, I really try and hammer home to people when I'm doing tastings and things. Um, kind of almost put that taste aside and say, you're probably not going to like the beer, but it's a husband and wife team. Yeah. You're having a go. It's a small business. You know, it's so cool to see these guys popping up and like, let's all support them. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of, when people think about that and have it presented that way, mm. that changes their thinking. Okay, it's not Carlton Draft. It's not trying to be Carlton Draft. It's just a, a nice product made yep. by a, a couple of lovely people. That's an awesome way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Especially yeah. like regionally, like when I go up to the high country every yeah. year and do the sort of rounds around there and like the people are just there because it's the yeah. local brewery. Well, um, we do some of our brewing out at um, at Social Bandit up in Mansfield and when Jeff started, he thought it was going to be majority of, uh, of sort of on-premise and selling and wholesale and majority of it is just the people coming to his, you know, to his – Restaurant. It's like, what is it? Sort of like a pizzeria. Yeah, it's like a brew pub. It's yeah. It's a it's it's a it's an interesting thing. Like you can still see his crazy brewing setup. Um, and have you you've you've got both been there? I haven't been. I there. have. Yeah, uh, yeah. Has, has he told you a story about that brew house? I don't think he has. No. Oh, that dude has that brew house. So it's a German brew house that was sold to Japanese. Uh, a Japanese brewery. So his brew pub in Japan had it. So everything on the thing is in German and Japanese. So he bought this brewery secondhand off these Japanese people, got it shipped down to him in pieces. It arrives in Australia. Customs has a look at it and goes, what the hell is this? Maybe there's drugs in it. So then they pull it apart even more. (laughs) Like brick by brick, they pulled it apart to check every single thing. To see that there wasn't anything in it, right? So he gets it in even more parts than what it <laughs> what it got sent. Um, no manual, no directions on how to put it together. So he calls the German company that made the the brewery and said, "Hey, 
I've got. I've just bought your brewery second hand. Can you send me the manual? And Do we use yeah. a drill to put this? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. key yeah, screw in. <laughs> and they. Uh, so then they. So yeah. So he goes. Oh, have you guys? You know, got the manual? And they go. No, there's no manual. The way we work is that you buy the brewery off us. We come and build it for you and train you how to use it. Um, and then we'll we'll do that for you. And then the cost was double what he paid for the brewery. Right. So he's like. <sighs> Just send me your documentation. I'll do it myself. <laughs> and they said, there is no way you're going to put this brewery together by yourself. He goes, mate, I don't know if you know about Australians. We're going to be able to do it. So <laughs> how about you just help me out or, you know, or get off the phone. That's not a brewery. Yeah, exactly. That's a brewery. So he put that thing together. It's in Japanese or, or German and he just like through trial and error figured out what everything was would press a button because it's all pneumatically driven so he'd press a button and then try to work out where what that was firing and where that was going and he put the, that entire brewery together it is the most complicated brewery as well of how of how it actually makes beer is not like most I, I know you guys talk about you know visiting because you go visit a hell of a lot of breweries and as you go around for the brewery tour it's like and that's a hot liquor tank and that's a <laughs> mash tun and it's like it's the exact same thing every yeah. single time like everyone has essentially the same brewery except for Jeff his brewery is actually the most different brewery that I've ever seen so his kettle so usually when you're getting um, stuff through the through the mash tun or the kettle or anything and you're trying to get it to temp you have elements in there or you have a steam jacket that heats that kettle up Jeff's got pipes that shoots it down to the other end of the brewery and runs it through a heat exchanger and then fires it back through okay. so he can actually mm. dial in the temp exactly to what he wants that beer to be and it just cycles through so when you're actually so mash everything he could do step mashes it'll actually pump like grist everything through a heat exchange heat it in this block heater at the back of his warehouse and then back through and then uh, and and heat up the beer and what it means is you don't get any caramelization of malts in the brewery it's and and you can like to a point 1 degree you can rein in exactly what temperature you want that thing all I'm thinking about is one of those Germans coming to visit and going, this isn't even sort of what it's supposed <laughs> to be exactly. like. What the <laughs> hell are you doing? Why are you sitting all, all the way up there? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. He might not have actually built it correctly, but that's how he's done it. So, <laughs> But it's, it is one of the most interesting breweries I've ever seen. Uh, and, how, and once again, it's all written in German. And when he put it together, he didn't, change it to English. Like I would have probably labelled things as I was yeah, going yeah. in the English translation. He's still got it in he Japanese. Learned German. German. He, he just, just learned German. 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 Nah, he there, just yeah. knows what buttons. You know what it is? On the actual brew house. Oh, what? So diagram. all the buttons are still in German? Yes. Oh, that's Jap- ridiculous. No, German and Japanese. And Japanese. <laughs> but there's a diagram at the top of the brew, of the control panel yep. that has lights of where the things are. So as you push the buttons, it lights up. So that's how... <laughs> he'd operate as he put it all together and would push the button and go oops I don't want that to go there <laughs> so he just filled it with water and just sent water around everywhere just yeah. to figure out where it goes so interesting yeah that's pretty great so yeah if, if you want a brewery that's different to every other brewery have a have a chat to him because yeah. it's it's bananas how that thing works <laughs> that's great so ale of a time you guys have uh, you've been how long have you been podcasting for don't know. I reckon it's three and a half years. Yeah, I, I was writing something the other day and I had to put when the podcast started. Yeah. 
Instead of actually looking, like I could easily check on iTunes. Yeah. I think I guessed 2014. No, I 2015. Know. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah something yeah. about that. 20. Well, let's figure it out because I reckon we did run Melbourne in July 2015. So it would have been the previous summer. So, yeah, yeah we started in November, so 2014. 2014. Yeah. Because yeah. so I remember you guys were at the one of the first Good Beer Week launch events. The Good Beer Week showcase. Yeah, yeah, yep, sure. yep. When he yep. had it at um, where was it? it wasn't was it at Ormond Hall? The one, one next there. to the Belgian Beer. Whatever it, what's it called these days? The Village Melbourne or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. It's not even the Village Melbourne anymore. I don't think it's anything. Oh, yeah, right. But it was in that location though, right? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I remember you doing interview. I think that might have been the first year that Boat Rocker had there. Their new beer of Ramjet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. that tracks. Yeah, yeah. Watch, and everyone's just like, "What the hell is this beer?" <laughs> I'm still suspicious about them winning that best in show every year. Every single year. Like I don't know. Like I know it's a lot of trade and stuff like that of people that are more inclined to enjoy those kinds of beers. But like barrel aged imperial stout winning a people's choice back to back to back to back or whatever. I don't know. See, I'm not. Su- I'm not suggesting anything. But yeah. like, that's, just you, that's literally me. what you're doing. <laughs> no, really you are suggesting that something. That is what I'm suggesting. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think maybe it's the Gabs effect mm. of people are drinking that much of it. Yeah, because I don't know if you've ever given someone a bottle of praline, but they would not be winning <laughs> any yeah. Oh, and any of the other winners. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the Pepsi Coke thing. We're mm. like Pepsi always wins blind trials against Coke because all the people sampling are having a, a small sample. Yeah. So Pepsi are like, oh, we. Everyone that tastes it thinks that, that ours is better. Why are we not selling more? Yeah. And they realise that it was just sweeter. And so it's harder ah. to drink a can, but easier to drink a sample. So I think it was in the 80s or something. Wow, oh, I didn't know that. That makes sense, yeah. Mm. Pepsi is sweeter for sure. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So they, didn't, they didn't learn from it. They just no. carried on. <laughs> but even with the Gab's effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Like the fact that uh, – I mean – Okay. There's less punters in that festival than anything else, I guess. But could be that. Yeah, also, know. have you ever got, have you guys ever worked behind a bar at a festival? No, I haven't. Believed I have. Yep. Yeah. All right. So I would reckon maybe the top two questions: what tastes like Carlton Draft, and the second is what's your most alcoholic beer? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Ramjet. What well, doesn't get anywhere near the first one, but that yeah. second one that is <laughs> that is yeah, probably the most enough. alcoholic beer that's at one of those yeah. festivals will be Ramjet. But it's phenomenal. It is. So it's good. a damn. Yeah. It's an amazing beer. Mm. Yeah, but I love Banshee as well. Banshee, really, the you barley wine. Barley wine of this. Ah. Yeah, I reckon it's really good. I um, I should get into barley wines. I've haven't for ages, and then I drank um, Galactopus the other day, and I was like, man, who's that? Who's is that? Uh, Little Bang mm. Brewery. Pretty good. I don't think I've ever had it. Okay, I had the um, Three Ravens new one. Yeah, delicious. Yeah. yeah, the barley one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I really. I've. I've it's Galactopus. One of those beers. I've seen it so many times, and I'm like, oh, I should probably pick that up on the next time I'm, I'm around. You know what I mean? Like I usually am buying, you know, Jiffy Squid or Squid Rising. So I'm like, I've already got one octopus themed. Yeah, beer. you're just going to commit to octopus <laughs> beers. How many, how many octopus <laughs> beers do I really need? <laughs> I know someone that loves octopus. Like she's just like a huge fan. She's I think she's got an octopus tattoo. Oh, yeah. She's got an octopus teapot, and she. <laughs> Occasionally, seem how, to be so. How does that pour? Like, she occasionally sends me pictures of beers, and she's like, "Where can I get this?" And it will be Squid Rising or, or Galactopus or something. Squid Rising, is, I absolutely love that beer. Uh, I, but I think 
to me it might be the Bintang effect. First time I had that beer was, you know, the Bintang effect, like in Bruce News, bloody, it's one of the things Matt Kirkega is talking about when he's not talking about brewed IPAs. He's talking about, <laughs> he talks about the Bintang effect. And um, and the first time I had that was at Bruce Vegas two years ago. And it was at, I think it was, oh, it's probably at Brewski, mm. which is an amazing bar. The, you know, Matt at Brewski's an absolute legend. But, um, and it was all the brewers at one of the last nights of at Bruce Vegas. They had a keg on and we're all just drinking it for free. Like every single person was just pints and pints of squid rising. We're all just like, yeah, it tastes like juice. What the hell's going on there? And then I swear to God, a month after that, everyone had New England IPAs yeah. out. <laughs> everyone. What's yeah. a bin tang effect? So bin tang effect is, yeah, it's the Bruce News – is it, and did they come up with it or did he just steal uh, it from I, someone? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you, but I assume it's the experience making the beer rather than the beer making the experience. Yeah, so right? what it is, yeah. the bintang effect is if you drink bintang in – where's it from? Thailand? Malaysia? Southeast Asia. South Asia. South Asia? Whatever it is. You're yeah. on holiday. You're on a beach. <laughs> you have to buy the, sing- you're, the you're buying this. Yeah, you're buying the singlet. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. You're drinking bintang on the beach in a, in a tropical paradise yeah, yeah. and you're loving it. And yeah. it's freaking hot and humid. Yeah, yeah. So a beer that – is easy to drink is is you know is yep, goes yep, down well. Yep. You'll forgive many sins in that. That's situation. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's going to yeah. be the best beer. And you just think bintang is amazing. Then you come yep. back to Australia and you buy bintang because you drank it over there and it tastes amazing and it tastes like shit. So it's like a vacation relationship or yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. holidays. The beer is yeah. one beer. small part of your great holiday. holiday yeah, 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 yeah. The <laughs> beer isn't the beer isn't great. It's just. The memory yeah, of that okay, thing has, gotcha. has made you. I like, had that exact experience with Pacifico in Mexico. Yeah, drinking it on the beaches in Mexico on holiday, unbelievable. Best beer I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah, back here, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I like to call it the grease effect. You get some summer loving. You get back to school. There you you go, start like a new that. school. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. you meet Danny, and you realise he's a bit of a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But um, but yeah, and also with that the. Uh, Talking about Bruce News, it's, um, yeah, Kirkard really enjoys uh, talking about Brute IPA lately. Have you noticed that the I, last twenty episodes has been? I haven't, but and, to uh, be fair, every you guys new kind of triggered that off. Yeah, yeah, I haven't. I haven't listened. To, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts as a whole now, um, so I haven't actually caught up. But someone mentioned that they they have been talking about Brute IPAs a lot. Um, in, twenty in reference, episodes now. Twenty okay. episodes. <laughs> in, in, in reference, and I think to to ours because uh, yours was the first. We're talking about. Um, the one you the Southern Brute with yeah, Wolf yeah, of the Willows. Brute, so we weren't the first. Not the first, but, but we were kind of, really? I guess, the, the widest I out think, there. Yeah, definitely the uh, not even the first packaged, but. Who did the first one? Uh, first package was Ross at Bacchus, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, it might have even been. So Abby Calabi this year was a Brute IPA, which everyone missed. Oh, no, no, I, no, I didn't miss it. I just couldn't find it. Okay. Oh, right. <laughs> Maybe that's why we, everyone yeah. missed it. It was um, on tap, and I don't know where it was on tap. Mm. Yeah, right. My boss found it. Okay. But certainly, when we um, put the idea to Scotty at Wolf of the Willows, he was real keen to like push it as a wider release than yeah. just um, something for our Patreon. Because for anyone that doesn't know, we um, uh, for anyone that subscribes to our Patreon page, we try and put together a unique beer just for the people that subscribe. Um, oh, okay. And then, so we thought that Scotty might do a pilot batch of something to chuck in some seven fifty yeah. bottles or something like that. But then he said, "This is fun." And mm. I'm sort of excited by it. Let's just put it in cans and put it wider out there. So I think that's why ours sort of 
looks like it was one of the first yeah. that people and put eyes on anyway. Yeah. We like it look, The can looked great. Yeah. Like, Scott's new cans, the colour was awesome. The yeah. little graphic was cool. So it looked good on social media and mm-hmm. so we shared the shit out of it. So I think yeah, that yeah. kind of – everyone was just like, man, your beer's everywhere yeah. um, for that reason. Well, Does he reference ours? I'd be keen oh, to hear. Constantly. But he just listen to way? any of the last 20 episodes. In a good that. way though? Does he like it? Uh, it's hard to say. Okay. He's uh, – <laughs> He's spoken to to Scotty about it, but he. Yeah, I do well. Yeah, yeah. I have. Um, um, I've spoken to Scotty about his conversation with yeah. it, and I had uh, maybe a, a dozen great zinging comebacks that he could have used at <laughs> the time. Yeah. Well, he keeps quoting the interview that he did with Scotty, but not actually playing the interview with Scotty. And I just want to listen to the interview. Like, I want to hear what Scotty's got to say. So, his main sort of bugbear with it is that it is using an enzyme which the big guys use and isn't it really just a carb a low carb beer which is such a ridiculous it's such a ridiculous premise if you ask me yeah like i remember him uh, whatever scotty was like i remember him telling us that he was being pressed like try that one saying (laughs) how do you now how do you differ from a big player yeah and i like oh oh, no scum your water (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that was not high, high on my list of things to do, but we are. Oh <laughs> it just Did you hide these labels away from the camera. Yeah, yeah. No, that's. Uh, no, I'm just going to say you don't know how to pour a beer. <laughs> um, Never claimed to be an expert. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that using that one touch point as a reference to large breweries mm-hmm. is a weird way of going about it. I so I've spoken to Matt about this. Um, oh, why haven't you piped in earlier? Well, so we've, like we've had too. some back and forth about it. Um, <laughs> and I think knowing Matt, he loves a he loves back and forth as yeah. much as I do. Um, yeah. But his, his take was was that's a positive thing. The fact that craft brewers are just breaking down that barrier between you know industrial process and um, yeah. craft process isn't a bad thing because the end result is actually a pretty good beer. Yeah. Um, and he's saying a lot of people are making the critici- that criticism and he's kind of saying it's okay. I certainly haven't seen anyone else make that criticism um, yeah, other than no. him. No, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I, I certainly take it as a criticism on the style. Yeah, uh, I do too. And it's, it, it is a, a strange angle that I, I, yeah. I don't really understand. I think, but, um, yeah, I think if you release that and you said it's a low-carb beer – no one would buy it. It's the same as if you release a gluten-reduced beer and it goes gluten-free, gluten-reduced, people won't buy it. Like Exit released a gluten-reduced IPA, which was unbelievable, such an incredible beer. But because they put gluten-reduced on the label, it did not sell mm. as much mm. as if they just said it's an IPA. And the way they did it is that it was um, they used a, a thing at the end to like a, f- a finding process that essentially takes out the, do the, chill, the, the haze, but it also pulls out all the glutens as well. And in America, there is a ton of breweries that use this as a clarifying agent, but it um it, it just removes the gluten as well. But they don't go, oh, this is a gluten-free or gluten-reduced beer. They just say it's a beer. Mm. And I think it's the same sort of thing. If you put it out, like putting it as a brewed IPA, it's a low-carb IPA, but it sounds cooler and it's a different flavour. Well, I don't think anyone made it 
No one's made it to be a low carb. No, beer. no, they don't. Exactly, um, and that's the thing. So in America and these things, they don't make yeah, these yeah. beers as a gluten reduced beer. Yeah, it just it's, is one of those side effects. The um, like the super dryness of it. That's right, yeah. and that's the thing. It wasn't like he used, like I think a major brewer would, a major commercial brewer uses that to make a low carb beer. Yeah. Whereas you guys were making it as a interesting flavor, an interesting yeah. flavor brewer beers to make that. Pull everything out and make the hops really sort of come mm. to the fore. Yeah, the and in Scotty's version of it, like it's pretty much just all the flavour from hops, essentially. Mm. Yeah, mm. Um, it's a really fun style. I, I'm, it's cool seeing other ones pop up now. Yep, I had the champagne one the other day uh, from the Mr. Banks. Yep, Mr. Banks, yep. Yeah. yeah, that's really that's that really, really nice. Good. That sold yep. a lot for him. Um, I know that's just really popular. It's yeah. a cool can too. Looks mm. kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it is cool. And a friend of mine had one, one of ours last night, and he messaged me saying, "Oh, I really love this beer." Mm. He's not a big beer drinker, and he, he just hates IPAs. Um, he's like, "I had an IPA once; it's awful. I never want to drink that." Oh, again. really? Yeah, like I mean, he he doesn't. Depends what it is, though. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I said to him. But he's you know he'll drink. Mm. Um, I think Two Birds Golden Ale. Um, he really likes, and that's kind of as as extreme he gets in terms of flavor. Yep. Um, and I gave him a can of this one. And he's like. Oh, I love that. It was so tasty. I could I could drink heaps of it. And I didn't think I liked IPAs. Like, yeah. Well, okay. A different approach, but, you know, if you want to seek yeah, out yeah. similar things, here's what you can do. Like, yeah. And like I, a West Coast yeah. sort of IPA where you got the, the, the flavour hops more of the front and less malt. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that style will find a place mm. and I think it'll take off. I don't, I, I don't want to predict trends and say it'll be on every tap in five years, yeah. but there's, I think there's going to be a place for it. We chatted mm. to um, Chris at Mr. Banks about it and he made a pretty um, compelling uh, prediction as far as I'm concerned anyway. He said that he might try it again as a uh, pale, as a pale. Okay. So the same kind of thing um, because, I mean, what I think ours was 6.2%. Yeah, didn't taste that, it. Yep. That, it didn't and that is dangerous. It is very. Um, so it's that dry and that yeah. um, that drinkable that – if you're starting to put six, six and a half, seven percent mm. beers out there, that can be, that can be dangerous, especially like in summer. Whereas <laughs> if you have a four and a half, five percent pale, yeah, um, it's less of a, yeah, issue, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so we'll get to to a bit of beer news of things that's going on. So, um, beer insider is coming up, uh, which is in five weeks. I think in Queensland. Don't look at us for no. these confirmations. So, <laughs> um, Beer Insider, it's one of those uh, – we'll be there. Uh, Killers Brock will be there. Um, it's a very interesting beer festival. Like it's like no other beer festival in the fact that it's – essentially it's kind of a music festival mm. that has beer. And I'm like don't quote me but my sort of understanding is Queensland's got very strange – Licensing people. laws. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And strange people, yeah. <laughs> they got these strange licensing laws, and right? And there goes all the Queensland viewers. So, um, they, they know they're yeah, strange. They know. If there's any Queenslanders listening uh, or watching on the live stream, please just, uh, yeah, you can chime in and let me know that I'm wrong yeah. on the comments. It's like how I alienated all of our teenage uh, yeah, I know, last time. Useless. But, um, Wait, did you try to hit a dab and you missed it? Or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the... Um, the, yeah, so if you have a beer festival in Queensland, you can only sell mid-strength beer, right? If you have a music festival, you can sell whatever the hell you want, you want to you know, put in. But the musical so, has to be at five. Yeah. <laughs> so 
so what they've done, it's so beer, so, beer and cider bills itself more as a music festival. And they have some, they, like they've got some really great bands and all these breweries and stuff. So you can sell whatever beers you want because it's that, that thing, right? Is there no like, it's called Beer Insider and, yeah. no, and it's a music festival and it no is. one's asking any questions? Well, it's not if like you go to it. There is almost no doubt that it's a music festival, right? right okay, oh, because okay. the the beer festival, the festival beer inside, goes to ten o'clock at night. Last band finishes around about eight eight thirty. It is like the end of big day out at eight thirty. It is people cramming the doors trying to get out. Yeah, right. so you've got fifty brewers at the end of the night going. So I got about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> got an hour left, just walking around, grabbing each. It's it's goes. Last year went from I think, I think it was like ten thousand people or something to maybe a thousand. It was a re- wow. it was insane how quickly people cleared out of that place. Jeez, it's in, it's it's a sight to behold. So um, is he doing one here in Melbourne soon? He might be. I don't okay, know. Has that, that not been, been announced yet? I don't know. Oh, I know about it. And you, you don't? The way you, you, the way I you do. I know about it. Okay. Yeah. So it is happening. Yeah. So I don't know if I broke an embargo. No one's <laughs> told me. No one's told me that it's <laughs> okay. an embargo. All right. But it's. I guess we're fine then. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, well, whatever. If, no one said it was anything. No, no one said it was yeah. illegal. So I'll, I'll cut it out of the podcast later. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's bringing it. Um, I don't know if he's announced. I don't think it's been announced. Formally, or when it's going to be, or anything like that. Hmm. But I guess my point is, it's going to be a, it's going to really put. I think it's going to put the cat among the pigeons in beer festivals, because if it if he does what he does, like Queensland's got the rarefied air where there's just not that many beer festivals. So, but when they do it, they bloody rock the tits off it of <laughs> doing things like Beer Insider is an amazing beer festival. The way that they've got the amount of people that turn up. Like it's it's awesome, the breweries they have there, the bands, all that sort of stuff. He really you know goes to town on that sort of stuff. Their good beer week, so their Brews of Vegas is one of the best beer festivals, like week long beer festivals that I've gone. I know, like Good Beer Week has got this, you know, has got the cloud of being the first one of the biggest and and you know international and all this sort of stuff. But like Brews of Vegas just captures the fun element, like. I know you've you've been involved in Good Beer Week mm. for a while, but it's this. So like Nat from Kaiju and I were talking about it, and Good Beer Week, you need to be prepared. You need to put your thing in. It gets approved. It gets put in the guide, and you know what I mean. And it's and it's serious. You've got to. It's you can't be you know you can't sort of be making beer seem low grade or anything like that. It's like. Beer is so serious and we're so serious about beer and this has to be a serious event, right? Uh, as the official program manager <laughs> for Good Beer Week as of last Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you, thank you. But uh, you know what I mean? Agree. Like it's that seriousness. <laughs> like it just seems very much like you do not fuck around with beer. <laughs> well, I think a big part of it is they want that festival to – sorry, we now, <laughs> toe the court company line, uh, we want that festival to be – To be serious and I guess to be taken seriously and not to do – the risk is if we just give everyone free reign. It's so big now that we're going to end up with 50 events of beer pong, 50 beer and burger (laughs) events. There is actually the no beer pong rule. Yeah, yeah. Is that still going? Yeah, yeah. And it's like we – or, you know, we're going to have everyone on the first Saturday night is going to do a degustation dinner um, and they're going to have – 
you know, they're going to finish with a chocolate fondant yeah. and an imperial stout. So that seriousness. No, 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 no. I agree. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. it's an international festival. Yeah, and it has yeah. to be. It has to be. No, I'm defensive now. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be taken seriously. Whereas Bruce Vegas started because the guy that had the official um, good beer week in Queensland didn't want to do it anymore mm. and it wasn't doing – so it was a bunch of bar owners that kind of got together and were like, well, let's just have our own thing and we'll just invite our mates and tell the you know tell mm. the people. So as opposed to, to the good beer week, um, Nat on the plane to Bruce Vegas last year was like, I think we should have a burping competition. Landed – called up the bar and was like, um, can we have a burping competition? And they were like, shit, yeah, that sounds awesome. Quickly jumped on the website and created the event of the Kaiju the Beer Burp Competition. Nat, <laughs> if you're listening, that's not going to get up. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. So there's so many events where you just like, it's just so haphazard and just fun. And it's just yeah, this, yeah. this thing of like – and. It's it's got the the benefits and disadvantages. Like, you know, like with sort of there's there's been a few events at at Bruce Vegas where you turn up and you're like, no one really thought this out or organised anything. <laughs> yeah. And there's a, quite a few events that happen in a place that people do not realise there is an event happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which happened to us last year. It's okay. <laughs> it's our event uh, happened in a bar where people had a. Uh, had double booked a hen's night. Um, that was not the best. <laughs> yeah. That, that was not probably not the best. Uh, <laughs> so there's advantages and disadvantages. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my point is that Queenslanders do things in a very different kind of way. So I'm very interested to see when Beer Insider comes to Melbourne how how they do it. Mm. Do you know where it's going to be? Have you? Not off the top of my head. Okay. Um, so it's going to be the first beer festival at I don't. Hopefully, Marty doesn't get mad at me for saying it, but uh, I believe it's uh, yeah, it's going to be at the showgrounds. Oh yeah, nice. Oh wow. So yeah. it's like we're talk like he's going in at the top. Yeah, yeah. To like really sort of and you know and people that aren't from Melbourne, the showgrounds is like synonymous with that's music festivals. Mm. Yeah. So Beer and Soda really has that pitch as that music festival, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see how that blends mm. because we haven't got that many music festivals anymore. When no, I was growing up, really. there was heaps. You know what I mean? We had Big Day Out and Soundwave and Livid and all these, you know, amazing music fields. Now we've got, like, Download, I think. Yep, that happened. I mean, a lot of regional music festivals. Yeah, yeah. Now. But I'm telling you the best Melbourne. one now, Gizfest. Get involved with that. It's normally about November. Where is that, though? It was at Showgrounds. Oh, that was at Showgrounds? started off at Cogberg Velodrome. Yeah. So who plays there? So Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, uh, it's obviously headlined by King Gizzard and the Lizard yep. Wizard, yep. but they bring in, I mean, they're like um, prolific behemoths. So they're always on tour. So they are always getting people um, from Japan and the US to come across. Um, but it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. They, they got a main, a main stage under the big top or whatever you want to call it at the showgrounds, wherever okay. that is. Uh, and then under Marquee? the, I guess so. It's an odd little structure anyway. Um, but inside, they've got all these um, – they've got a second main stage yep. uh, and then also like uh, containers of mini stages. So there's probably five containers where a band will set up at one end of the container. Just, I'm talking a shipping Like a container. shipping container. Yeah. yeah. And then they'll, <laughs> awesome. they'll jam 
60 people in there and have little they'll have five of them going at once while there's someone on the second main stage in, indoors and then the the main stage under outside and it's awesome yeah yeah okay really is it um does it follow that the kind of uh the like king gizzard style you know because they they have that uh yes and yeah, no yeah. so they're like tunnel banana yeah exactly. yeah, yeah so yeah. um very kind of psyche and just yep. uh sort of spacey rock yep. but um especially the other uh smaller in the containers and stuff it's it's just whatever goes. Yeah, yeah 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 oh, that's um, cool yeah. but yeah. good fun though yeah, yeah it was it was good at um Coburg Valley Drone but just up a notch at the showgrounds yeah. yeah so it's it's done twice now is it yeah, so okay. I guess I'm assuming they'll do it again. So at the end of this mm. year, I guess they'll be the third iteration. So it's November. It. Yeah, November, December, something okay. like that, yeah. Hmm. Anything else happening at the showgrounds in November? Um, in other beer news, Gage Rhodes has signed another big uh, sports deal in in WA. Do you know about this? No. So they are now the uh, – they'll, for the next five years, will be the only beer at the two th- – the 20,000-seat NIB Stadium. So that's where A-League rugby team plays, um, Western Force, the and like concerts like Paul McCartney, Ed Sheeran, all that sort of stuff. So That is awesome. Yeah. So they've got that and they've also got the Optus Stadium, which is a 60,000 mm. So they've got a stadium. bar there and taps, is that right? Yeah. The they do all I don't the beer for Optus Stadium. Do they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. right. So they do all Phenomenal. of Optus and now they're going to do NIB. So the, the two sort of big venues – is in WA craft. That's craft. crazy exposure. And yeah. it's like, that's insane. Mm. Especially when you think like a year or two ago, they were like co-owned by Woolworths and you're like, oh, you know, Gage Road, they've got some good beers, but they've bought it back. Then they bought Matzo's and stuff. They're just sort of... I reckon I haven't had one of their beers in ages. Yeah, there was a Little Dove. Was that Little Dove? Yeah, that's that really nice. good? Yeah, yeah, yeah I haven't really had nice. that. But See, I remember I'm a huge I fan of Sleeping Giant. I okay. was when I first started drinking yeah. um, beer, but I haven't had it in years. I wouldn't even know what to expect, I don't think. Yeah. It's it's kind of like drinking Beast. It's that thing of like it's not as huge as you remember it because right. you were first starting to get into beer and IPA was just like – Yeah, Beast was – No one control, can possibly yeah. do better, bigger than this, you know. I just remember drinking IPAs. The first time I drank IPAs, I was like, "Hold, like that! This is the edge. This is so the edge <laughs> was of it, beer." Was it beast for you? <laughs> yeah, it was beast for yeah, me. Yeah, it yeah. was for me too. It was like this is the edge. No one could possibly do anything. <laughs> and um, like I've this. got a very, I've got a pretty specific um, idea about what I like my IPAs to be. Yeah, and beast doesn't quite fit in there. And when I was at Mansfield, um, yeah. Um, I had it, and a mate of mine who would drank beast back in the day. He said, tastes exactly the same. Amazing. And I was like, oh, cool. Give us a taste. And I tried it. I was like, definitely exactly the same. Yeah. But not quite to my um, It's amazing how it's morphed. So when Beast came out, there were two IPAs. There was Beast and there was Mountain Goats IPA. Hmm. And they both were in the AIBA awards. And they both got silver. Remember they got IBA. Like well, the, they, the they brought it out for a bit and then they got rid of it. Yeah, right. That was the organic one. So they, oh, yeah, 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 actually. I, so they launched that and they decided to do it all organically. Oh. Um, and that was a huge problem back then because getting all organic hops and malt yeah. was a pain in the ass. And then it wasn't – it was just sitting around and so that's why they, they pulled it and then oh. that's when they came out with Steam Ale as a replacement for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and Steam Ale was just huge yeah. for them. Well, they that, that, that year both those IPAs got a silver because Dave was one of the judges and was like – well, I know which one's my beer and I know which one's Jeff's <laughs> beer. So 
I can't possibly judge. <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore, views. fortunately, no. in the IPAs. Well, see, could you imagine if there were two IPAs? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but um, the interesting about Gage Roads, they've, they're going through, in the Optus Stadium deal, do you want to have a guess how much beer in a uh, financial year of 2017 they actually went through in that deal? Uh, I don't think I, I could even come close. Guess, no. yeah. 800,000 litres of beer went through the Optus Stadium. Jeebus. And it was um, – and they – it was cost neutral. Yeah, right. It's uh, – they look at it as brand in hand marketing. Yeah, yeah definitely. So it's just that, that thing of that being That many able to, people knowing what you, that is now, yeah. That's that's insane. Good on them. It's, um, if you could figure out a cost neutral way of having your brand exposed to Christ knows yeah, how many yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and having <laughs> – essentially forcing people to drink it. Yeah. People want well, to drink. Thing, like though. you know what people want to drink. Like drink it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm at the footy. I want a beer. Oh well. Yeah. So this my is. question is yeah. though, right? Is the Optus Stadium deal is mid strength? Yep. Do they have any commercial available mid strength beers? Uh, I think they've got one. I think single fin is that mid strength or sub four. Okay. I think that, but they've brewed. I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure they've brewed mid-strength versions of like yeah, their core range. That's what I mean. So, is it is that good no, it's marketing? It's just like a Coke dispenser where they mix part of the water together. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's good marketing. Pretty, yeah, I think the yeah. sheer yeah. the sheer exposure. If, if you is have that a, brand name of like, oh, I know Gage Roads. Yeah. I had that when I was at the. I had yeah. a good experience with that. Yeah, for sure. My team won. Not only that, but just like. I'm gonna if you're walking around the concourse or whatever, and you're seeing the bar, you're just seeing their logos constantly everywhere that you're yeah. going. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like one of the big problems that craft beer ha- has, or small breweries have, is they're competing with huge marketing budgets. So when people yeah. see their beer for the first time, they go, "Oh, what's that? I don't know that. I'm gonna get what I always see." Yeah. If you always see that every time you go to the footy, yeah. the Next time you mm. see it, oh, I know that. I enjoyed that. I'm gonna get yeah. that. Yeah. Also, do you think that the benefit of this of, of having like the gauge road bars at all at these two major events and stuff is you've got like when you go to the football there's carton draft it's not you know ab inbev bars it's the carton draft mm, bar yeah. or the forex bar or the great northern bar and all these things it's that brand thing whereas gauge roads not the sleeping giant thing it's gauge roads mm. so as you're putting out other beers you're known as that brand name so yeah. as you're putting it out you're getting that brand loyalty of you could put out all different beers and people go, oh, yeah, that's the thing. Like yeah. They kind of get that with Little Creatures a little bit and White Rabbit. Yeah. Is is that that thing of like for a while there, White Rabbit was their dark ale and it was synonymous. But it's interesting with the beer thing. Like I get, I still get people going, oh, can I buy um, some a killer sprocket? I'm like, which – like I'm talking about bar owners <laughs> and I'm like, which <laughs> which killer sprocket? I, you know, the, the killer sprocket beer. And I'm like – the amber ale? Like, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? You've got to go back to what they ordered last time. So I yeah. still get that sometimes. Like people kind of program to have that one one brand name to one beer type. And that's failed the majors a lot when they've tried to do a variation on VB, you yes, know, VB mid-strength. VB pale. Or, or, VB pale yeah. or crown golden ale. Um, yep. Just doesn't work for them. Because yeah, they feel like they've changed the recipe. Mm. They're like, no, this isn't my – yeah, you know, yeah. This isn't my crownies. And and that's their but I think that's purely their fault in terms of they just market so hard of like if it's not V B, it's yeah. crap. If it's not right. and so like people are like, yeah, I then I drink that and anything yeah. anything outside of that. So once yeah. yeah, you give them something that's still V B but slightly different. Yeah. Nah. Nah. 
I've just been they just hammer at home so much. Yeah. Marketing, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's it Yeah, marketing it's a weird weird thing. Yeah.